my wife started listening to real estate podcasts. I uh, just produced a feature film, which I lost all of her um, life savings really in it. Um, she listened about a month's worth. Uh, she sat me down um, and basically said, okay, you're going to stop doing everything you're doing. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you're going to start doing this. And, uh, I, let me tell you, I've never been so obedient in my life and I stopped everything. It was the easiest decision I made. We had no money in the bank. We pulled out equity in our house. We saw the opportunity, started YouTubing and, and, and meetups. And, and then, um, two years, uh, it's been two years. So two years ago, um, that was a year into everything. We bought our first self-storage facility. So um, in the last 25 months, we've uh, managed to build up our um, self-storage portfolio to just shy of $30 million. It was the biggest opportunity I had ever seen. It was, you know, about passive income. It was about real estate investing and, and spending more time with my family. What's going on, everybody? Connor here from the Self Storage Income Podcast. This podcast is being brought to you guys by Live Oak Bank, Tenant Inc., and Janus International. Maybe you're buying your first facility, maybe you're a seasoned veteran, whatever that might be, you're going to need property management software. And that's where Tenant Inc. comes in. They are going to be your solution, the top solution in the self-storage industry. I'm telling you guys, this technology has been developed by self-storage owners and operators just like us, just like us here at Self Storage Income, who have had a say in how this technology has been built, have played a huge part in it, and it is one of the most robust and usable and actionable and valuable tools in regards to property management that you could ever utilize or find in the technology realm and all things self-storage. So be sure check out Tenant Inc. Link is in the show notes. Welcome everybody to the Self Storage Income Podcast. And today is a very special treat for me because I have one of my business partners. He's a member of our inner circle, but more importantly, he's a very good friend of mine. Cameron, how you doing, man? Hey, Jam, doing awesome, man. Thank you so much. What an introduction. Uh, I'm flattered. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, it's been it, it's been now. I'm trying to think how long, like year and a half since we met. It's actually been over two years since I started stalking you and calling you and uh, <laughs> DMing you and uh, mailing you letters, love letters. <laughs> I kept every one, Cameron. Every one. <laughs> uh, you better have. Yeah, no, it's been over two years, and this is. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm I'm honored to be here. I really am. Uh, just think so highly of you guys, you, um, AJ and your team are just exceptional, um, people and, uh, and, and mentors and you guys are, um, you really are paving the way, um, for the whole industry. And so being here, getting to talk to you guys about self-storage, nonetheless, um, I wouldn't be here with, without you. And so it's not a plug, it's just the truth. And so I'm thankful for everything that, you know, you've taught me so far. Um, literally my wife, and, and I, we could not be here without you. And so it's, it's the pleasure's all mine. Well, it's been a pleasure to just watch you and not even, it's not like grow thrive. I mean, from the first time since we, when we talked and to now it, it's, it's pretty incredible how much you've grown. I mean, at the conference, it was there, you told us uh, your wife, uh, you know, you announced she got to retire. So you guys are both now um, you know, you're financially free. You have your self-storage portfolio. I, I mean, really you're in two years, uh, just incredible. Uh, so, you know, before we get into that and talk about, right, all that, get, give everybody kind of a, a, a walkthrough of you, your background, right? And we can talk a little bit about your, your journey that you've been on. It happened fast and you've been so successful. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, and I will try and race through it. I wish you guys had like a gong or something, you know, just when I take too long, just gong me. I don't know if you're too young for the, for the gong show or not, but yeah. we'll just start playing a, music like we do an award show. Exactly. The gong was very effective by the way. Um, so yeah, um, I'm from originally a small town in Colorado, a mountain town, uh, an extraordinary little place along the river. Um, ever since I was, uh, young, I, uh, I 
had a desire to help people and, uh, you know, specifically inspire, encourage people. And at that time, you know, I think that I kind of pictured it maybe being more about, you know, through the entertainment business. And when I was 18, I, um, I moved out to Hollywood to pursue an acting career. Um, the next 10 years of my life were pretty much just, uh, you know, I, I think I thrusted myself into chaos and self-destruction <laughs> for the next decade. <laughs> um, but you know, a lot of learning, uh, some fun too. Um, and, uh, and so it wasn't until I was really pushing 30 that I met my now wife, Christina, who, you know, um, she's an exceptional human being in person. And it was really then, I think, when I finally started kind of digging myself out of my own hole. And and I'm sure you guys can all relate, but it's it's a lot easier doing stuff for other people than it is for ourselves. Um, and that, you know, as as we got together and started building a relationship within a family, um, fast forward to then another decade, we had two kids um, together. Um, my wife started listening to real estate podcasts. Um, she listened about a month's worth. Uh, she sat me down um, and basically said, okay, you're going to stop doing everything you're doing. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you're going to start doing this. <laughs> and uh, I, let me tell you, I've never been so obedient in my life. Um, at, at the time I was, uh, I was writing screenplays. Um, I still wasn't making money. I, uh, just produced a feature film, which I lost all of her, um, life savings really in it. Um, I had just launched a photography business and, uh, and I stopped everything. It was the easiest decision I made. It was the biggest opportunity I had ever seen. It was, you know, about passive income. It was about real estate investing and and spending more time with my family. And so that's what I did. I, I dropped everything, um, started spending 40, 50 hours a week looking for deals. Um, and we had no money in the bank. We pulled out equity in our house. God bless California appreciation. Um, bought a bought a triplex. Next, we bought an 11 unit. And, you know, we really just listened. We listened to people like you, not at the time, but, you know, mentors, people putting out content. We drank all the Kool-Aid. Yes, we did. <laughs> um, optimistically, we saw the opportunity, started YouTubing and, and, and meetups. And, and then um, two years, uh, it's been two years. So two years ago, um, that was a year into everything. We bought our first self-storage facility. So, um, that's, and right then and there, you know, I'm by nature, a very indecisive person. And I, there was nothing to decide. I, there was something about the asset. Um, there was something about your podcast and your content. And again, it's not a plug. It's just, this is how it happened. Um, fired me up. And I, I told my wife, I said, Hey, this is it. This is the asset we need to concentrate on. That was 25 months ago. And, um, in the last 25 months, we've uh, managed to build up our, um, self-storage portfolio to just shy of 30 million dollars so it's that's absolutely crazy um and you know i i i just there's i love you obviously just like as a human being everything else like that but i love your story because you're it this idea that it was like i'm lost right i'm not sure where i'm going what i'm doing and i think a lot of people feel like this right and it's like you got the direction and then it's maybe that that success that you may have felt escaped you came naturally and easy and it was smooth and you just you went and you, and you just rocketed and i think that you know a lot of people feel this way when they get into certain uh you know certain lanes of flow whether that's no matter what you're doing but i feel like so many people when they're looking at real estate a lot of people gravitate naturally or organically to self-storage and then the people that like it they just stay right it's it's like most people that are real estate investors they own lots of different real estate asset classes but self-storage people it's like no it, like they just do self-storage like people are mm -hmm. like oh so you're a real estate investor i'm like no i own a self-storage company right and like no this this is what i do and this is all i do and uh, um even when i've tried to divert from it it's just, it's not easy. It doesn't feel right. So it flows. So I, I love that how you just grasped it and ran with it and poured 100% into it. And the results 
show for itself. I mean, absolutely incredible. Well, just, I mean, everything all together, it's, it's not that, and like AJ's always talking about, success doesn't happen on an island. We've always got people we're looking up to, these mentors, all these different aspects, but it was up to you to actually go and take that massive action. I think you said, you know, you're doing, uh, looking at deals 50 hours a week, not doing anything else. And like, so kudos to you, man, on taking that massive action and, and making it happen because I mean, especially in those moments where we're pivoting, trying to figure things out, it's not easy yeah. to do. And uh, so just hats off to you, man, you know, taking that action and in following through with what those mentors are saying, what, what you're hearing and actually implementing it. So walk us through that first deal, dude. Walk, take, take us back to your first deal. Like walk us through here because I know a lot of people, they see you now with millions of real estate, right? You did it in two years. And I think a lot of people think, oh, well, you knew something I didn't know, right? Or, you, you know, a lot of people got think, lucky. oh, got lucky, yeah. right? And, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> so walk people through that, that, the first deal. How'd you stumble upon this? What did you, like, how did you take that action? Yeah, okay. Um, you know, and, 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 and really it all kind of relates to what you guys were just talking about and, you know, for me, it was, I think desperation meets opportunity. Um, for me, um, I, you know, and, and again, I think we can all relate. I, I always had felt that I was on the right path in terms of what I was pursuing. At the same time, I was kind of stuck down a rabbit hole of this entertainment business. Cause I just didn't want to do anything else. And that's, that's tricky, you know, because that, that begins to be the story you're telling yourself, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. And you, you, you kind of, all of a sudden are in this, 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 this kind of, again, this rabbit hole, because you don't know any better. And I, and I didn't know any better. And so when I, when I, we started learning about real estate and, and the opportunities of passive income and doing it from, you know, pr practically your house. And it excited me so much that it was an opportunity that I saw for the first time in my life that I'd never seen before. And it was a, it was a, opportunity to actually do something else um i've had a hard time my whole life working for other people um it's something i'm not good at i've never wanted to do it um just like my dad in that in that sense and so even with the entertainment i i would trick myself and oh yeah but if you know if i become a working actor but you know it's fine but i'll still have to work for somebody else <laughs> you know and and i decided that i was okay with that or at least that was the story i was telling myself and i'm not okay with it and, and, and I don't want to work for anybody else. Um, I want to work for my family. I want to work for my, you know, my friends and my partners, but it, it, you know, so that opportunity itself was like a, you know, it was a, it was a target on my wall and I had tunnel vision, you know? And so I think obviously there was fear and there was, you know, stress. And I was coming out of this movie that I lost all this money of my wife's, you know, at the time she, we weren't married when, when she, you know, uh, just, uh, you know, suggested we borrow it, but the stakes for me were also huge because I was going into this real estate space going, I can't mess up again. So even though I was super excited, you know, it's always the fine line, it's excitement, it's fear, it's all these doubts, but then you have this, this, you know, inspiration and hope. And so it was writing that line. But for me, that, that, that target on my wall was, we get a deal, we get cash flow, we get a cash on cash return, and we keep doing that. And so that's why, you know, I came out really like a tornado looking for deals because I was like cash on cash. I get it. I see it. I want it, you know? <laughs> and so I was looking on Craigslist. I was calling brokers. We were looking for multifamily. I didn't even know what I was looking for except for a cash on cash return of around 10% because that's what I had been taught. <laughs> so I was calling craigslist you know deals on craigslist i was calling across the country i was you know people talking to people that had deals that i was like okay well you know what about any other relatives selling you know uh faking it till I, I i made it and i was just calling everyone i could looking online um on the market off the market stumbled upon a triplex in texas it was an island off texas we were scared to death my wife told me i was crazy we are not going to buy this and we bought it and um that was the first deal. Um, it was crazy. COVID hit two weeks prior to closing. We freaked out, um, but then went back to our underwriting and our, we did a ton of due diligence on the market specifically and the asset, um, uh, the pro property specifically. And we said, you know what? 
we did our work, right? We evaluated the market. We evaluated the, the deal. We've been looking at this for three months. And no matter what, my wife really looked at me and she said, I, we're going to weather the storm and we don't know what it's going to look like, but we feel good about this deal. Cut to three weeks later, it was a, it was a nightmare. <laughs> it was an absolute nightmare. COVID was in full effect. <laughs> my tenant lost her job. She fell off the wagon. I had police showing up at the property. It was absolutely crazy. I was calling the doctor, telling him I was waking up with anxiety. I was literally calling him saying, I slept all night and I woke up and I'm not rested. I'm actually super nervous. Can you send me some kind of medication or something? <laughs> uh, but we got through it and we got through it. And then um, we bought another 11 unit as soon as COVID stopped. And I, I, I didn't have to watch my kids anymore. It was about a three month, really the most stressful um, part of my whole life. Um, uh, three days after they went back to daycare, I found another 11 unit apartment in New Mexico on Craigslist. We bought it for 400K. It was 11 units. And since we've sold bought, broke both properties and we've 1031 them into more storage. Awesome. That's just incredible. And I want to touch on to one of the things with that first acquisition that you were just talking about, that difference between uh, when we're investing, making logical decisions versus emotional decisions. Um, and, you know, like you said, you went back to your underwriting and you said, hey, we've done our due diligence. It works. Let's jump into it. Again, like you said, there's so much fear. There's so much uncertainty. Um, and again, there's always going to be risk. But uh, just wanted to point that out. That's it's you know, and that is such a that hard logic. thing. I, I like I, I mean, I think, you know, it, it never goes away. I think we get better at um, controlling it. But it's it doesn't you know it doesn't go away and it's it's hard because when you look at virtually um everything in life there is this these unknown features but we've set up society in a way that like you can you can shield people from a lot of what would be considered uncertainty right like at the end of the day a paycheck is shielded from the uncertainty of the revenue failure of the business it doesn't mean that you're not affected by it. If there is revenue failure, you're going to lose your job, right? But you but you're never you're insulated from all of that. And when you go out on your own, right? And when you do start to really invest and you're taking on in debt and you're get, you're not shielded from any of it. So it can be very overwhelming when you first start because it's like there is almost it's like there's way more risk than anything normal when actually it's not true right any business anything like that it's the same amount there's the same amount of unknowns like the unknowns today versus covid versus prior to 2008 after 2008 it was always unknown i feel like i'm always investing and the future is unknown and i'm nervous about it right and so for you to be able to overcome that and say you forget the, like let's not ignore i recognize this but we got to really depend on our work and the things that aren't driving this emotion and trust that we've done the work and move forward on it uh that is that is much more difficult than i think people realize yeah and 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 the point you're making um i want to piggyback on because i do think it's so important um i'm when it comes to money and 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 <laughs> investing I, i'm a wuss um <laughs> I, I i get nervous <laughs> mm -hmm. and and <laughs> i get dizzy <laughs> yep. and yep. and when it comes to big deals you know we all of a sudden you know again looking back on really kind of we we fell into this fast track of big deals and for me it was a big deal you know it was a big deal because i i i didn't have any experience with a lot of money uh, I'm I'm not the guy that can, you know, take down deals and just feel fine about it, um, especially when it comes to other people's money or my my, you know, my family's money. Um, and so, you know, thankfully, my wife is the opposite of me and she's very practical. And I think it's really important that you have somebody like that. And if it's not your wife and it, or if it's not your husband, you know, hopefully it's your partner or your friend. Um, and so I, I agree. I can't stress that enough. You have to have that balance, you know, because, 
you know, all of a sudden I, I can be looking at a deal and it's still today. I'm, you know, we're looking at a few right now we're in negotiations on, and you know, I, there's a deal we're looking at. I, I know it's a, it, it's a great deal. I, I love the market. And, and yet when it starts, you know, I, it, it's an uncomfortable feeling because you haven't evaluated it enough yet. And so for me, that's where the fear comes in. And, and so you really, you know, once you evaluate something till you, you know, you're beating a dead horse and, and that's when you go, okay, we've, again, we've done, our, we've done all our work. So are we going to move forward or not? And that's where the decision becomes easy because you're really, really, really confident in all the, 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 the prep that you did looking at the deal. And it's tough, you know, like you said, it, I, I don't expect it will ever go away. You just learn how to handle it differently. If you guys are looking to purchase your first storage facility, you just might be looking at the SBA loan approach and one of the best and most efficient places to get your SBA from is going to be Live Oak Bank. These people know self-storage. They've been in the industry for a very long time. They're very knowledgeable. You don't have to educate them on the underwriting, on how you're, you're valuing self-storage, any of that. These guys are incredible at valuing self-storage. They know how to underwrite it, and they are a phenomenal solution for you and your financing needs in all things self-storage. Again, Live Oak Bank. No matter what business or industry you're in, you're going to want a competitive advantage over your competition, right? You're going to want that ability to outperform and outmaneuver and outvalue that competition. Janus International provides you the tools to be able to do that, whether that's their R3 program to help increase the look and feel of your storage facility through new doors or siding or roofing or gating or whatever that is, or a technological or a technology solution like their no-key solution that allows people to rent units, to access units, to do all of this without ever going in the office. Be sure to check out Janus International. Link is in the show notes. If you're not, um, if you're starting out, things like that, and if you're not nervous, that would make me concerned about the person because it would make me worried that because they're not nervous, they're not actually noticing the fear or excuse me, the risk. Because when you go into it, that that anxiety, right? And that stress, that's actually a good thing. Because what it allows you to do is I, like I can remember just ripping deals apart every which way. Because I'm like, what am I missing? How's this gonna fail, right? And then I find ways and then all of a sudden it ends up being, I'm identifying all the ways that it could fail because all deals can. And then I look at, okay, are these logical, reasonable, are they in my control, right? And I can really break those down, right? Well, what if the, you know, what if we go into a 20% inflation rate and, you know, assets just fail and we go into a depression? I'm like, okay, well, you know, somebody told me then <laughs> nothing matters. And that's true, right? So it's like compartmentalizing risk when you go into it um, is important. And if you're, if you have that anxiety, you're tearing apart that risk and you're thinking about it. Well, when you're investing other people's money, your families, your you know, any investors, anybody else, you should be very nervous. Like you should be you should be overly nervous about that. And that's okay, but it's keeping that nervousness into check so where it doesn't stop you and it doesn't ruin your life, things like that. Mm -hmm. But it's this ultra awareness that I can screw up, that things bad can happen. And that actually makes you better in the long run. It makes you a better investor. It gives you better returns. It, uh, it makes you do things like, you know, we we paid higher interest rates. We locked in for um, a long time, like, a, you know, a decade, everything, a year ago. Um, and we didn't know what the future was. Obviously, we don't time markets or anything else, but I was really nervous about inflation. So we paid a lot of money. Like the fees associated with it, we didn't have to. And what we went through and did, right? Because we were nervous about it. And I'm not saying we were reactionary. So please don't confuse this. It was methodical. It was driven. And it was a way for us to isolate risk for the long term, right? And do those things. But we're open to realities that may be challenging and difficult. And so we prepare for those kind of environments. And I think that makes you a better investor, right? You're still capturing the upside. 
nobody can say that that makes you a bad investor because you're not either taking on risk or not. Look at what you've done in just two years. Mm -hmm. You're obviously taking risk. You're obviously going hard. You're running fast, but you're doing it in a smart, methodical way. A lot of people say, oh, no risk, no reward. I hate that. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, that makes you go into like a frame of mind where it's like, oh, I'm taking risk and that's okay. And it's not all risks the same, right? So being risky because you think that just because you're risky, you're going to get a, a bigger return. That's very, very dangerous. And you're not like that at all. You're very calculated in all our conversations. Cameron's asking, what do you see that I'm not? Like, what about this? And do you think this is an issue? Do you want he really grasping and pulling information out? Um, and I've seen this on all of your deals mm. that you've ever done, right? Very methodically going through. And two, I've seen you walk away from a lot of deals. As you're growing and as this risk is made, how are you looking at deals and deciding which ones you're going to go with and not as you're growing so rapidly? I, I mean, you've looked at lots and lots of deals and you've passed on lots of them. What are you looking for that's separating this that makes you feel secure yet you're getting the big upside that you are? Yeah, um, great question. And and it's changing pretty quickly. Um, right now, we're really starting to just concentrate on you know, 50,000 square feet and up, you know, your very typical kind of um, bigger investment, unless there's some expansion room um, or unless it's in our backyard. Um, we recently moved from Southern California um, to New Mexico, where um, three of our facilities are, we're, um, we're negotiating our fourth here. And so the, this fourth one's a little bit smaller. It's 250 units, um, an acre of expansion. I think we can get another 200, 150 units on it. Um, again, smaller, not 50,000 square feet, but it's, we got a facility down the street. And so it makes sense, obviously, for a lot of reasons for marketing, we can, you know, use the same uh, company name and the same phone number. Um, there's additional parking too. So th th they'll work well together. But other than that, um, bigger deals, um, ones that have an in-place manager that you, you know, obviously your revenue can support a full-time manager on site even though um we may decide if we have a facility um in fact we're looking at one um uh that is almost sixty thousand square feet but it's large units it only has a 285 units so that's something where the revenue does support a full-time manager but we actually think we could probably will and should remotely manage that but i i think it's important to be able to have that option not to in, in case you do want to full-time manager um for us you know it's such a great question because every deal is different i have bought we've bought every deal for a different reason um but it all came down to the numbers and the numbers always told us different stories right um there's deals that we've bought because we just got them at such a cheap purchase price um we bought a deal in tulsa earlier in the year that was in a rough area um it wasn't what the local said don't buy in <laughs> uh it wasn't in that kind of rough area but it was rough it was poor um i believe the on-site manager the live-in manager when he said that there was no break in hardly ever a break-in and that it was actually pretty peaceful even though you're gunshots at night you know <laughs> and so it, he, he was right we, we haven't had any issues he still tells me he hears gunshots at night, but um, we bought, <laughs> you know, we bought it at a great price and, and we, we, you know, we are cash flowing month one. It was a great experience. And I literally bought it going, I will probably never buy an asset like this again, but it's going to be a great opportunity. There was an expansion opportunity. It was my first um, outdoor storage expansion. So I, I built um, just two buildings, those are 36 bigger units. Um, I built them from California. I didn't go out there. I met the GC on, on, uh, on the phone, you know, over the internet. Uh, I, well, I, I take that back. I didn't use a GC, but I, the, the, the contractor, the construction, um, uh, and the steel, the, um, where I got the steel, you know, I did all that remotely. It was a great experience, but I knew we were going to make money. That was a very specific buy. I knew we, you know, I felt like we're not going to, we're not buying a home run here, but we're paying such 
we're paying so little for this asset. I knew we were going to cash flow well right from the get go. I knew we were going to expand and I knew I was going to get to go into a market I wanted to, which was Tulsa. And that's exactly what it's been. It's been a great learning experience. I wouldn't buy it again. I don't regret buying it and we're doing really well. Um, so that's one example. Um, two other facilities we bought because we just got them at great prices. We, you know, we, and we couldn't say no, and they were great assets. Um, and, and so, you know, what I like to see is I like to see a lot of money left on the table and that's value add, um, opportunities, right? That's what we're all looking for. For me, it's not necessarily going in and doing an aggressive build to get that value add. For me, it's really, you know, what I get most excited about is a, is a, is a facility that's been mismanaged, obviously. And, um, the mismanagement, because of the mismanagement, there's all kinds of results, including low rents, um, you know, vacancy, uh, usually, you know, ran down physically, bad signage, no internet, um, uh, no website, um, no internet visibility, you know, not really on Google Maps. You know, it's my favorite thing when you're on Google Maps and you see a self-storage facility that's got a picture of like a, a fence on it. You're like, okay, that, I'm calling you. Yep. <laughs> that's a good sign. That's mom and pop. <laughs> um, and so it's really exciting because like you said earlier, it actually, it, it is a business. And I think that's one thing that I've loved about this from the get-go. It's, there's not, I, I, it's so rewarding to go in and see this poorly ran facility and come in and capex you know whether it's paint or signage or fence or new gates or electronic gates or or online presence whatever or all of the above and you just see your revenue start growing you know granted we came in at such a great time of the market right where this cycle definitely has you know obviously helped us along probably at a faster point than maybe we would be at if we started this year or next year but regardless, our operations is what what solidified the 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 um the management and the revenue and and and, and you know that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that money on the table. I'm looking for low rents and the opportunity to come in and raise to market to um you know have have it have a presence online. And and know that you can really out operate most of your competitors. Now you you say that you were you were benefited from the from the market market timing, but also you were at a um a, a time, and this is what I think is very unique that it was really hard to find deals. So over the last couple of years, the vast majority of people are, I can't find deals, I can't find deals, and you accumulated thirty million in assets. So you know I I talk a lot about how the deal conundrum, right, and that's that. Yeah, you know, you have the two sides of the scale. Whereas if deals are good, meaning yield, right? Execution is down. And if uh, execution is easy, then the deals, meaning the yield and the opportunity is down. So you were competing in a market that was easy to execute, but most people that's when actually I see most people not be able to to strike, but you didn't just strike, you really grew. And that's something that I see you do better than probably anybody else. So talk to us about this. You find deals all over the place. You're looking and evaluating deals. You're getting owners to sell to you. Um, now, one part of it that I just uh, truly believe is like you're you're a hard worker. Like you just do the work, and I think that's incredible. Um, but to, I mean, how many calls do you make? What is your strategy? How how much time are you spending? Because mm -hmm. the amount of deals that you found that were amazing deals closed and bought on. Um, in that time frame, when most people were complaining that they couldn't even find one deal. Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, I think I was very, I don't think, I was very lucky and fortunate that I, 
I almost started backwards in, in the sense that, yeah, we did learn how to underwrite, right? That is very important. Um, we hired a coach right away, right when we first started um, in looking to invest. It was more money than we had. But we again, we listened to everybody's advice, right? And I kept hearing people say, "Oh, like I would have, ne I'd never be where I what I am now without a, my mentor or my without my coach." And we took it to heart. And I, I think again, um, it was probably Christina that was like, "Hey, let's hire a coach." You know, she found this guy in bigger pockets. He happened to be in, in Durango, Colorado, and so. Aside from that, right, you, you know, you, you got to learn how to underwrite, you know, you got to you got to know what a good deal looks like, right? You got to know what, what an LOI looks like. And if you don't have one, you need to either ask your friend, your partner or your coach for one, right? There's all these things that you need to have, but all those things you can get from somebody else. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I finally started a book. It's, it's going to be a short book. I'm really excited about it. And the reason I bring it up, because I've had it in my head for, for uh, uh, well over a year now, but it's the fact that the only thing that actually matters is you finding a good deal. Nothing else matters. Like it is only about the deal. Like you, you, again, you can find people to help you with everything else, but if you don't have a deal, you don't have a deal. Right. And so I, I was lucky that somehow I just kind of fell into this, this pattern of looking for deals. And, and that was it. We, we literally were like, oh, cash on cash needs to be 10%. We just pulled out $90,000 of our house. What do we buy? And so like, you know, the fire was lit. The opportunity was there. We pulled out this money. My wife's like, we got to spend this money. Like we're paying interest on it. You know, like this refi, I, you know, I, I pulled this money out to use it. Right. And so what happened very quickly is momentum. And I had, was fortunate enough because of my wife's career that again, I could spend 40 or 50 hours a week doing this. And so that momentum was so exceptionally important because I saw results instantly. I saw what would happen when you just started making calls, cold calls, Craigslist, brokers, da da da, you know, whatever it is, um, telling everybody you know, right? This is what I'm looking for, and that, and and I again, I can't reiterate enough. I was so lucky that I got to see that momentum so quickly, and so then what happened was these calls, I talked to everybody that would talk to me. I talked to brokers. I started hitting people up on bigger pockets. I got myself in situations that I had to, I had to get myself out of. And I looked for deals like my life depended on it. And once you, and so once I found the deal, everything else happened, right? Partnerships, capital opportunity. Um, I needed to find a lender. Good. You got two weeks or good. You have three days, whatever it is like now guns to your head. You found a deal. You have to get that deal bought. Right. And that's easy. Once you have that deal, you, you, you everything else will fall into place because you don't have a choice. You have to buy that deal, especially if it's a great deal. But I, again, so I, I never got stuck in analysis paralysis, right? I never got stuck. Oh, I've been, you know, learning for two years and I, you know what? I think next year I'm going to be ready, right? Or next year I'm going to have more time. It was the exact opposite. And I, I, I tell people that all the time because I cannot stress it enough. It was so invaluable. I talked to somebody the other day and they're like, yeah, you know, I think next year. And I said, how's your deal funnel? Uh, well, you know, I'm looking on the market, but you know, you have everything backwards, you know, is basically what I told this guy. You have every, you have, you have every, you know, start looking for deals now. And so that's what happened. And that momentum, you know, it, it, you know, I, I got myself in a situation right away where I tried to wholesale a house in Austin on Craigslist. And within two weeks, <laughs> I had to get buyers at that house. I was like hitting everybody up on bigger pockets, getting flagged for, you know, mass texts and mass messages. <laughs> in that one wholesale, I made a huge syndicator in Austin that wanted to hire me. Um, uh, uh, I um, started realizing the power of connections that you could make just online. Then later in bigger pockets, I reached out to a guy here in New Mexico because I was like, oh, I'll wholesale in New Mexico. We were uh, attracted to the idea because you could actually make money without having any money, right? And that partner I reached out to um, kept bugging him on the phone, kept bugging him on the phone. He's now my main partner. We own several businesses together and we own uh five facilities together and i i met him on bigger pockets 
you know, and this was all just from making phone calls. I, I called the guy in Beverly Hills that's this huge investor. And, you know, by the end of the call, he's like, you know, uh, can you meet me at my office? You know, he, he offered me a job, you know, and it's like the, and, and I got, so it was so exciting. Like imagine sitting at my, not even my desk, my kitchen table. And, and I felt like I was treasure hunting all day long. And I was making these calls and the idea of uh, the, the, the fact that any one of these calls, any could day could be the next big deal that could change my life. And that's what happened. That's, that's really what happened. I love that. It's so powerful, man. Yeah. And again, it's just taking that massive action, you know, identifying that goal, taking that massive action and the, the power of connections, putting yourself out there. It's, it's not always easy. It's scary. But I mean, look at the reward. I mean, you're a perfect case study, an example of uh, the power that comes from putting yourself out there and actually executing. Yeah, it's, it's pretty inspiring. Um, and I think that a lot of people right now feel a lot like they're in your shoes, where a lot of people, I think, they may be trying to move forward. They may be trying to expand or grow, right? They're uncertain. We have uncertain times. And they, I think the uncertainty is stopping them from taking action where, you know, that, that had no effect on you. Now, when you are looking at moving forward here, um, when you're you're in in a whole bunch of markets, what are you seeing out there in the landscape? You talk to a lot of people. You're talking to lots of sellers. What has changed? What worries you? And what do you think the opportunities out there are? So you know, most of our facilities are in. Um, they're they're. They're C-class. Um, and so it's been interesting because I don't think we're quite seeing what, what you know, I'd say across the board is seeing in terms of stats. I mean, we're still hovering right around 95% occupancy in all of our facilities. Um, I don't think we're we're not seeing a drop in, in, in vacancy at this point. In fact, it's been a really busy um, fall. I'm not sure why um, at most of our facilities. Um, so in terms of operationally, you know, we're, everything's pretty status quo for us. Um, in terms of deal flow, obviously, um, I think, you know, you could attest to, we're seeing a lot more deals start hitting our desk. Um, it's as, as we've talked about, it is a really exciting time for us. Um, you know, the brokers, you know, they definitely had a heyday for the last two years. Um, where you know um they could sell anything and everything and it would be within days and it'd be way more than it should be <laughs> way over asking price and that's changed and so you know again another thing we've talked about was these seller finance opportunities that are starting to arise i mean i remember geeking out on the first time i started learning about different seller finance you know um opportunities and creative financing and i was so excited to exercise <laughs> seller finance and nobody wanted to talk to me about it <laughs> no seller in their right mind wanted to seller finance anything to me and now finally is the time <laughs> you know and so we're the brakes have been pumped, right? Fear is in the air. We are in a, um, a, a, we are in a recession. Obviously, we don't know what kind of recession, how long or how extreme. So things are shifting and, and, and deals are starting to surface. So we're seeing a lot of, you know, a lot more seller finance opportunities or, or seller finance opportunities at all. Um, we are, um, having brokers call us more often, um, you know, saying, Hey, look, you know, here's a deal. I said, yeah, you know, we've seen that deal <laughs> and they can't sell it. Um, for us, we're in a big period just for, you know, in our own team where we've decided at this point, we have a great portfolio and now it's time to, I think, go bigger, faster and faster. Doesn't mean, um, faster in terms of we want better assets we want to really focus on drilling deeper into into markets where it, from the past it was primarily just cash flow based right so i was buying strictly for cash flow and we're not going to do that anymore you know for the most part we're looking for long term 
we're looking at the long-term game, right? We want assets we're going to be excited about for the next 30, 40 years, right? So we're we're shifting. Focusing a little more on appreciation. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, 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 and just better markets. And I think right now, especially, right? Like we don't know what's going to happen. So do ourselves a favor and the assets that we are going to still buy during this time, you know, you got to be really excited about the market. You got to be really excited about the asset because you don't know what's going to happen. Um, and, and and we're in a great time to be doing that, saying, hey, look, we don't have to buy anything right now, but we're going to because we're we're looking at good deals right now. And and so, you know, just shifting and, and, and really planning for uh, a long future in self-storage. So, yeah, I, you know, I couldn't agree with that more. We've, you know, and it, this is something we've been looking at for a long time, but it's like the deals that we're doing today are deals that we're like, we we want this in any market, like up markets, down markets, we want it. And especially on the development side, we look at it and say, are if we do this today, right? This is a market that, like you said, 20 years, we're just going to be like, holy crap, can you believe that we we did that? Can you believe that we have this, right? That it's like a window of opportunity to get into a market and get a piece of a market that we can build that the short term, we can, we're happy to weather storms to own that piece and that asset. And uh, that, uh, I think that can really change then a lot of the investing method and style. We're okay being conservative, we're okay doing it we we know it'll pay we don't need quick hits or 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 blips in the market or quick uptick right to make it work we're going to do it right we're going to build it right and we'll we're going to be okay no matter what now that shift um we made i don't know it's been about a year and a half ago that we changed that on the development development side where we really took those markets and it was like uh, we lost an, a lot of opportunity. I mean, we walked away from so many markets when we were doing that. Um, and I, I think it was the, the right move. And I think with the current situation, it, I think it, it shows that we, you know, I think we did the right thing for our company, our investors and everything um, at that time. And um, you look at these different markets and it's not that um, we believe necessarily that there's it's risky in smaller markets, things like that, but it's just a different economic factor where I'm looking at time frame differently, right? So whereas I think before we're like, okay, rates are all going up, everything's going up, right? So I can, okay, well, we can budge here or whatnot. The market's going so well, the market's gonna do a lot of work and it's gonna do it quickly and we're seeing it now. I don't expect the market to do a lot of work. I don't expect it to, to do it quickly and I don't expect it to do it now. And as long as we have that, and we look at our investing decisions along that time frame, right? I, I think we're we're really solidifying in those deals. And it sounds a lot like you're you're kind of moving in to and looking at markets in a in a, in a different light, which is funny because it's exactly what we did when we started. We bought markets that really, frankly, was only cash flow. There was no future. We did that on all our first facility. Then we moved into other markets. So it's fun to see that progression. Yeah. And, you know, it's like what an exciting time to be able to like, look, you know, now we're underwriting these deals and we're looking at, you know, seven, seven and a half, eight percent interest. You know, that's our conservative kind of <laughs> interest rate we have in our underwriting. And, you know, the idea of buying at seven percent right now and it working is so exciting. Right. You know, as opposed to like we were, you know, buying deals at three percent and it was like, oh, Man, look at next year like we're 50 percent under market we're like it's gonna be a 30 40 percent cash on cash next year like this is a no-brainer literally almost every deal i bought was like that like oh my, like this is you know even though i was scared even though it took a lot of work they were no-brainers when it came down to it and so now we're tightening things up right we're like hey you know this is tight but look like you said look at this market Look at this asset. Look at this low square foot per capita, right? Look at this growth it had last year. Wow, this is cool. 
this is an asset. It's not screaming deal because we're in a downturn. And hey, yeah. what if there's rough waters the next you know few years? And this thing's still gonna work. I can't wait to see when the market is back on an upswing, right? Yeah. And so it really it challenges you to have to not fudge your numbers, <laughs> just yeah. really analyze where things are at now and that everybody's not, you know, killing it and every deal's not a great deal. It's different. And it almost really forced you to even sift through deals, you know, more really looking for those powerful deals and those powerful, strong, secure deals feel like it's about again the square foot per capita, the the revenue that's being left on the opportunity, the 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 opportunity to outperform most of your operators because there's not really any real operators in that area, right? All all those metrics that we know, you know, um, uh, median uh, 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 income, you know, all these things that we know that are so important, and you just it really forces you to look at everything and make sure every box is checked. Yeah, I. I think that is just sound, wise advice. And I think it goes back and it really ties it around to how we started this. And it was this idea of compartmentalizing risk to measuring it, to understanding it, and then moving forward with it. So, you know, as we say, yes, there are unknowns right in the future. You're saying that's not stopping you. You're still moving. It's not stopping us. Um, and I think that is why you've been successful and that's what it takes. You can control the motion. You can look at it. You understand, you analyze the risks, you figure it out and you move forward no matter what in any economic cycle. So, um, dude, first of all, I, we've already been here an hour. Thank you so much for coming on. I could, we could probably I I didn't know we could talk. There's all so time, many other things do. that I'm, I'm like, like thinking about. Yeah, I'm like, just like yeah, maybe we should wrap that. But <laughs> just nonstop. Uh, but it really is. We'll we'll have you on again for sure, Rad. Absolutely. I mean, this is just the beginning, right? We're just getting started right. here, and 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 so is our relationship. And Connor, and you know, you know, I'm gonna keep seeing you guys at your events. I'm gonna keep seeing you at deals we're buying together um right i'm we're not going anywhere uh, in fact un unfortunately you're going to be seeing a lot more of me <laughs> i'm <laughs> bringing good. on help with my social media we're, we're 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 going here so awesome, we'll, we'll just man. keep rocking together and and looking forward to you know continuing to share these great moments and this you know this great asset class together man you know we it, you know i <laughs> You know, we, we think self-storage is, you know, oversaturated and, you know, it's hot and all this big monies came into it, man, it's just the beginning. And the fact yeah. that we're even here now, we're so lucky. We're so fortunate. Um, it's going to be a fun, fun, fun future ahead for all of us and all the people we get to help along the way. So. 100%. And where, dude, tell everybody where they can find you, man. Where should people go watch you on your journey? So, um, you know, I think uh, Instagram's the best uh storage killer cam <laughs> that was supposed to be a joke i think only my wife and i think it's funny but that's okay that's two people <laughs> instead of one <laughs> um uh, we'll i will be posting a lot more content um and that's the easiest way to get hold of me and and seriously uh, for for whoever's listening especially people wanting to get started or you have any problems or question or any, anything just you know find me um storage killer cam uh send me a dm i'm happy to help if i can um and uh yeah, that's it. Right on. Love it. Hey, thanks, man. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.